0: This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time, from RelicRadio.com. Welcome back to the Relic Radio Show. Sixteen minutes of old-time radio drama brought to you every Tuesday by RelicRadio.com. We'll begin our hour this week with Escape. We'll hear the Shanghai Document, their story from April 21st, 1950. After that, it's Bold Venture and the Terminal Key from September 3rd, 1951.
1: Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? want to get away from it all.
2: We offer you Escape! Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Escape! Brought to you by the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York and the independent marketers of Richfield gasolines, motor oils, and other petroleum products. Look for the Richfield Eagle on the cream and blue pumps.
1: Tonight, we escape to the interior of China and a journey of terror down the Yangtze River from Chongqing to Shanghai, as John and Gwen Bagney tell it in their gripping story of a people in turmoil the Shanghai document.
3: The Yangtze River is a gray gash through the heart of China, the artery that pulsates day and night with displaced humanity. From Chongqing to Shanghai, it's 1,500 crooked miles through deep gutted gorges. But for those of us who took the steamer downriver in those frantic months just after the war, it was a voyage dominated by fear and intrigue and danger. It started in the saloon of the Ten Golden Pieces over a glass of gin, in the company of the man whose face wore many racial strains, but no pride of ancestry and no hope for his descendants, and no name, as far as I could discover, other than the Eurasian. The word echoes in the marketplace that you desperately seek transportation to Shanghai. The word is correct. The word is also correct that I'm stranded.
4: Ah, one wonders if you lack money.
3: No, no. I lack influence.
4: One knows of a way to Shanghai. What? You know of a way? Have you the courage to attempt the Yangtze in a junk?
3: Well, uh, at this point, I would consider doing it in a canoe.
4: One hears of a junk that is obtainable for a price. How much? One can always make a deal...
3: Where is this junk? Can I see it?
4: It's on the opposite bank of the Kia Ling at the
3: dock at Kiang Could I rent it or could I hire it? You would have to buy it. Buy it? Well, I couldn't navigate it myself.
4: I have thought of that. The owner would take you to Shanghai where you would, in gratitude, return the junk to him as a gift.
3: Oh, I see. I, I buy it here and give it back to him at Shanghai. Ha! That's a cute wrinkle.
4: You do not favor the wrinkle? Oh, no, 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 no.
3: Don't get me wrong. If I can get out of Chongqing, I'm crazy about it. Come on, let's go. One moment. Uh,
4: the Money. It must be an American dollar. Oh, well, of course. Then, as you say, okay, let's go.
3: We slogged through the slime of the gutters. The night was misty. The chill wind carried with it the stench of the river, and it carried to the... Unforgettable stench of poverty and death. The Eurasian led me down the thousand stone steps to the waterfront, where a sampan ferried us across to the suburb known as Kiang Pei. There, at an ill-lit makeshift dock, the Eurasian talked to a wizened coolie while I inspected the junk.
5: What's
3: the matter? What's he saying?
4: He does not wish to take you.
3: Oh, well, you can tell him it's okay with me. Junk's a good name for this boat. It's exactly what it is. I wouldn't risk my life in it back in the Arkansas River. Oh wait! Where are you going? Back across the river, Chunk King.
4: But you are anxious to get to Shanghai. Ah,
3: not that anxious. But what about my commission? Look, I didn't buy the boat, did I? I've gone to a good deal of trouble for you tonight. You have money? But I'm sorry, I can't help it. Oh no! Huh? You don't leave me like hey, this. Wait a <laughs> Lie still. Huh?
6: I said lie still.
3: Uh, who are you? Where is that? Oh, oh, my back. He broke my
6: back. Your back's not broken. Take your shirt off.
3: Huh? I'm a doctor. Oh, How did I get here?
6: A dirty man in a white suit brought
3: you. Yeah, yeah, the Eurasian.
6: He said he found you in the street. Uh, he
3: did, huh? Why? The... Hey, wait a minute. My money. My money is gone. Turn over on your stomach. No, wait a minute. Lie just... face
6: down, please. Huh? No. Where does your back hurt? Uh, All over. Here?
3: Yeah.
6: Mm -hmm. What about here? No, no. (laughs) Well, it's nothing. Just a pull ligament. Uh. Sprain. I'll get my bag and tape it for you.
3: You're an American, aren't you? Mm
6: Mm-hmm. Kansas.
3: No kidding. So am I. Wichita.
6: What happened to you tonight? Saloon brawl?
3: No, no. I guess I was just a little too anxious to get to Shanghai. I was... I was even considering a leaky junk down the Yank sea. Why do you want to go to Shanghai? I'm a correspondent. That's where the biggest story is today. Well, if you want to
6: go, why don't you take the river steamer?
3: Oh, that's funny. I've only been trying for months to get a ticket on the thing.
6: Lie still, please. Mm. Now inhale. All right. Exhale. Hold it.
3: Mm. All
6: right. I want this adhesive to be good and tight. You know, I'm taking the boat to Shanghai tomorrow. You are? Don't talk, please. I didn't have any trouble getting a ticket. Yeah, but... Hold still, please. Mm -hmm. If this tape isn't tight, it won't do you any good. Got to have connections in China today. I was lucky. I've been out here six years. I know a lot of people. There. Is that too tight?
3: Well, it's tight.
6: And that's the way you want it.
3: Well, it feels a lot better.
6: That'll do the trick, though. You'll have to keep it on at least a week.
3: Yeah. Well, how much do I owe you, Doc? Oh,
6: make it a pack of cigarettes.
3: Oh, that's pretty high. As a matter of fact, I haven't got quite a full pack, but well, you can have it here.
6: Thanks. What do they
3: call you back in Kansas?
6: Well, in Kansas, they call me Jane Roma. In China, I'm known as Girl Doctor. You know, hmm? I was just thinking... If you're really serious about wanting to go to Shanghai, serious, I can get you a ticket on the Down River boat tomorrow. Well,
3: it's almost impossible to get a ticket. How
6: does it matter how I get it as long as I get it?
3: <laughs> lady, If you can get me out of Chungking, nothing matters. I'll pay you back in Shanghai. What's your name, Tony Daner?
6: Well, Tony Dana, there'll be a ticket waiting for you at the steamship office tomorrow morning and a little money for traveling expenses what well,
3: i I can't believe it i What are you looking at me so funny for?
6: You're amazing. Why? You're the first man I've ever met who didn't comment on my being both a woman and a doctor.
3: Oh, well, now, don't get me wrong, girl doctor. The combination fascinates me, but what I like most is your ability to pull a steamer ticket out of the hat.
6: Oh, I have many talents. Hmm? Well, let's kick him around. (laughs) No. You go to your room and rest. Take care of that back.
3: Okay, you're the doctor.
6: But I can tell you this. I'm glad you're going to Shanghai with me.
3: The boat was a squat, ugly, gray thing, as dirty as the river she sat in. Already her decks were crawling with discarded bits of humanity, some asleep, some curled around their meager possessions. But in one way, they were all alike. On their faces was the, the great patience that is so often worn by the have-nots of this world. At the head of the gang, gangplank, a beefy-looking white on, man was it, hurting so us aboard. Get these people on. Now, where's your ticket?
5: Ticky,
3: ticky, ticky. Yeah, okay, move along. Okay, you next. Ticket? Yeah, just a minute. I got it here someplace. Hurry up. Get it out. I got a schedule to keep. Come on, come on. Can't you see my hands are full? Yeah, two suitcases. Nobody needs two suitcases. Leave one up and behind. But I I need them both. I said leave one up and behind. My books are in there. Then leave the other one. I don't care. There's nothing on the ticket that says how much you can carry. Who are you to be pushing me around? I'm Skipper of the Scow, Radigan. That's the name. Keep it in mind. It's it's just a suitcase. Listen, I want this river to make money. If I can pick up one paying fare in place of your precious suitcase, I'm for it, sir. You got your choice, Mister. Either put one suitcase off, or I put you off. Hey, you got a crummy racket. So I'm a crummy guy. Well, which is it? I'm in a hurry. Okay, okay. Well, uh, this one. That's better. Now let's see your ticket and your passport. All right, here. Yeah,
0: Anthony Dana, American. Okay, move along. If this river
3: wasn't so lousy loaded up with foreigners who don't have any business being here, maybe we could move some Chinese. And that was my introduction to Captain Radigan, skipper of the scow, as obnoxious a personality as I've run into. He considered every Occidental a foreigner except himself. Well, I picked my way across the littered deck, climbing over soldiers and whining children. I was, I was one of the lucky passengers. Mine was a first-class ticket... Entitling me to a stateroom, or uh, should I say, to half a stateroom? And I was on my way to it when the Chinese officer stopped me. See your papers, please. Well, uh, look, look, I just showed my papers to the captain. See your papers.
5: Your passport, everything. What is this? Everybody wants to look at my papers. Who are you, anyway? I am Lieutenant Chen. Will you show me your papers, or shall we create unfortunate incident for you? Oh, for Pete's sake! All right, here you are. That is better. It says here your name is Anthony De You are American citizen. Your occupation is correspondent.
3: Yeah, look, I know what it says. You don't have to read it
5: to me. Papers are in order. I could have told you that. The matter is closed. Paper in order. You may proceed to your state loan. Thanks. Hello there. Oh, uh, hello. Well, I guess
3: we're roommates. I'm Daner. Oh, I am? Uh, I I mean, you are. Oh, yeah, well, well, I'm Vickers. Come come in, come in, come in. Welcome, my friend. Uh, Thanks. Yes. You know, I've just
4: been wondering what sort of a chap I draw to bunk with. Uh. of course, I don't mind, you understand. When I'm out in the field, a missionary gets conditioned, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean conditioned, what? A stable, a bit of straw, Mm. bare ground... But indoors,
3: I remember I'm an Englishman. I, I like comfort, you know, eh? pleasant company. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I hope you like cockroaches because they've got us outnumbered. Oh, yeah, oh, yes, well, cockroaches and I are old friends. <laughs> I, I say, look here, why don't you stow your gear and come up on deck? You know, it's quite something to see when Rattigan starts his old steamer downriver. You would think it was the Queen Mary. You would, really, all the ceremony he puts into it. I, I wouldn't watch Radigan launch a rocket to the moon. Hmm? Well, that's not likely, you know. Uh, I, I mean, what, what, what happened? The old sea dog get your back up or something? Oh, Well, he made me leave a suitcase behind. It was full of books I've been years collecting. <laughs> well, that sounds like him. Uh, are you coming? No, no. You go ahead, Vickers. I'll see you later. Yes, yeah, right you. As I unpacked what I needed for the trip, I could feel the old boat gather all her strength together and move, groaning into the deep water channel. And I forgot about my lost books. I was on the Yangtze on my way at last to Shanghai, on my way to the big story, and I felt a curious kind of thrill. I was part of China on the move. The cabin was close and stuffy. I went up on deck to get some air. I was kind of hoping to run into Girl Doctor. Then I saw her, standing at the prow of the boat, talking animatedly with my roommate, the missionary.
4: Ah, there you are,
3: Dana. Glad you came up. Uh, come on over and meet a charming fellow passenger. Uh, Dr. Roma. Uh, may I present Mr. Dana?
6: How do you yeah. do? Dana, did you say? It's an odd name. Have you been in China long?
3: Well, uh, wait a minute. Oh, he's we... an American, you know. Uh, one of your countrymen, Dr.
6: Roma. Oh, really?
3: Uh, yeah. Kansas. Oh, is that so? <laughs> I say, we're lucky, aren't we, Dana? Having such a beautiful doctor aboard, huh? Hmm? Uh, it might make it worth a man's
6: while to be ill or something, eh? Uh. <laughs> well, I, I hope that won't happen. And now, if you'll excuse me, I have some unpacking to do. Awfully nice to have met you, Mr... Um, Dana... Oh, yes. I'll see you later, Mr. Vickers.
3: She smiled at me like you smiled at a stranger you've just met. There was no sign, no sign at all of recognition. And from then on, she avoided me. Well, at first, it made me a little sore. My male ego was wounded, I guess. I thought she'd gotten me a ticket because she wanted to see me again. Now I wondered, why had she gotten it? Ah, there was something wrong with this whole business. We were scheduled to tie up at E Chang overnight, and I was looking forward to breaking up the trip by night ashore. I was on my way to my stateroom to get my bag. Girl, doctor. Doctor Roma, it's Tony. Tony Daner. What's
6: wrong? Go away. No, I'm coming in. Please.
3: What's the matter? What's happened? Nothing. Nothing.
6: Nothing, uh... Nothing happened.
3: You always wear your hair must like that, your blouse ripped, and your luggage, that's the way you like it, I suppose, dumped, sprawled all over the room. It's
6: none of your affair, Tony. Keep out
3: of it. Look, you're going to tell me? What's going on? Please, keep out of it. No, you're scared. You need help.
6: Just get out and leave me alone.
3: All right, maybe Captain Radigan knows the answer. No,
6: wait a minute, Tony. What? All right. I. I came into my stateroom. It was dark, but I could tell there was somebody in here. Then he grabbed me. I tried to fight away from him. I screamed, but he got out. I I turned on the light. Who was it? I don't know. A soldier, I think. Chinese
3: soldiers. Well, uh, what was he looking for? What are you carrying? The crown jewels?
6: It isn't funny, Tony. They're after the Shanghai document. But they didn't get it, not this time.
3: The Shanghai document? What's that?
6: Just a piece of paper. But it might hold the destiny of China.
3: Oh? In what way?
6: A new leader has been found in the west of China, but only a few trusted people know his identity. A man who very possibly could unite his people, lead them out of war... I don't have to tell you what that means to China, Tony. The document contains his name, his plan of action, and his written acceptance of the great responsibility. And it must get into the right hands in Shanghai.
3: And if it doesn't,
6: a lot of heads will fall. And China will have lost a chance for peace.
3: And uh, you, you're the messenger, huh? Why?
6: I'm a sympathizer. I was chosen because I'm an American. We thought they wouldn't suspect an American.
3: Well, uh, Radigan's an American. I'm an American. Why pick on. Oh, hey, wait a minute. And that's the reason you got my ticket for me. That's why you've been giving me the wide berth. You were using me as a decoy in case they got wise. I'm
6: sorry, Tony. But you did want to get to Shanghai.
3: Yeah, yeah, but with one stipulation. I'd like to get there alive.
2: Attention, motorists. Petroleum chemists have discovered new super-octane gasoline components of great importance to you. And one of the highest octane components ever discovered is xylene. Now listen to this. Today, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene. Xylene helps give Richfield gasoline that high antinoch performance, that eager response in traffic, that smooth surging power that turns mountains into molehills. What's more, there's a Richfield gasoline to fit the power requirements of your motor. Select Richfield Ethyl for best results in the highest compression motors, or Richfield High Octane at regular price for the average motor. Each Richfield brand is tops in its class. Don't waste gasoline, don't waste money. Let the Richfield dealer help you select the right Richfield gasoline for your car. And remember, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene, one of the highest octane components ever discovered.
3: And now, we return you to... Escape! I didn't see Girl Doctor as the boat tied up at Ichang, but I worried about her plenty. Girl has no business carrying a thing as explosive as the Shanghai document. Now that she dragged me into it to confuse whoever was after it, I was a little jumpy myself. Mr. Dana? Huh? Oh, oh,
5: Lieutenant Chen. You are planning to go ashore? Yeah, that was my plan. Why? Very dangerous for American to be alone in China nowadays. Many bandits, thieves. Yeah, yeah, I know, but uh, I hope it won't throw army regulations in an uproar if I go ashore anyway. Sorry, your business, merely suggestion. Yeah, well, uh, thanks. See you around, Chen.
7: Hey, Dana.
3: Dana! Where do you think you're going? Sure, do you mind? Matter of fact, I do. When I start out with a boatload of people, I like to deliver them. I don't like no trouble, and you're going ashore as just asking for it. Are you it? trying to tell me I can't go ashore, Captain Radigan? Look, sweetheart, the only thing I'm trying to tell you is watch your step. So you've told me. I've been warned. Now I'd like to get going. Okay, bilge head. It's your neck.
4: Oh, I say dinner. Oh, dinner.
3: Here we go again. Are you going ashore? And what's your objection, Vickers? Uh, uh, objection? Yeah. Well, I don't get it, old boy. I, I was going ashore myself, and I thought we might make a party of it. You you know I speak the dialect, and I thought it might come in handy. <laughs> Well, I, I thought for a minute. You thought what? Oh, never mind. Come on. You uh, know,
4: the last time I was in Ichang, there was a very nice hotel. Yeah. Let's try it. Oh, that is, of course, if it hasn't been bombed. What? Oh, the proprietor, a Chinese, very good friend of mine,
3: serves. Liquors, liquors. Most... Wait a minute. Mm? What's that? What's what? Where? There, at the foot of the gangplank, a whole platoon of soldiers. Oh, oh, they're probably on the lookout for a deserter. Yeah. Well, come on, let's get off
4: the boat. Yeah. Oh, oh I say, hey, look, they're going to stop us. Your passport, please. Uh, certainly. Right here. Oh, passport in order. Proceed. Oh, thanks awfully.
3: Can I see your passport? Look, I've been checked and double-checked. Hey, better do then... as he says, old boy. Yeah, okay, uh, here. It's a messy, this red day. Necessary, I suppose, but sometimes I do think they overdo it. Oh, your passport not in order. Not in order? No, please. Better you come with me.
4: Well, where to? What for? Impossible. Proceed to Shanghai. Paper's not clarified.
3: What are you talking about? But I say, who can't take him off the boat like this? Oh, you know. passport not in order. Complete. He took me to a command car which drove me to field headquarters on the hills above E. No matter what I said to him, no matter how much I argued, all I got out of him was passport, not an order. Well, they gave me a place to sleep and something to eat and a couple of guards to watch me. The river steamer was scheduled to leave E. at dawn. I was hoping they'd release me by then, but the dawn slipped in and the steamer slipped out. <laughs> And I heard it in the distance, the whistle. I felt sunk. How was I to explain to these guys that I was just a decoy? They'd picked off the wrong American, that the thing they wanted, the Shanghai document, was on its way down the Yangtze. And I heard them coming down the hall. I didn't know what I was in for, but I braced myself. At least I'd go down fighting. Mr. Dana. Yeah?
4: Passport is in order. Can go now. Go?
3: Now you tell me. Look, did you hear that whistle? The steamer's gone.
4: How do I get to Shanghai now? Swim? A thousand apologies for ignorant mistake. American passport, very confusing. Yeah, yeah, sure, but what do I do now? Please come with me. I've made arrangements.
3: I was apologized to in several dialects. Then I got back into the command car and was driven down past the river landing to a secluded spot where a sampan, tended by two coolies, was waiting. I was politely but forcibly put aboard. I turned around to protest, but it was too late. The coolies had pulled the sampan away from shore into the center of the river, and back on shore, the Chinese officer was smiling broadly. Well, anyway, I was on my way to Shanghai again. And I sat back to smoke a cigarette, but I was out of matches, and I nudged the coolie in front of me.
5: Hey, uh, hey, you, uh... him uh, matchy, matchy, you know? Certainly, Mr. Dana. Huh? Here you are. May I light it for you? Lieutenant Chen, What are you doing on this sampan? I also have missed the boat. Yeah, but why the coolie outfit? It's not safe for Lone Soldier to travel by himself. I am, as you Americans say, coming along for the ride.
3: (laughs) You know what I think, Chen? I think I'm the one that's being taken for a ride. I couldn't understand it. If they had thought I had the document, why hadn't they searched me? Why'd they let me go? Why was Chen on my tail? I decided to find out just how much of a watchdog Chen was. We'd been on the river all day, and it was just getting dark when we pulled up at a rickety bamboo landing. Chen was singing as he helped the coolie repair a sail. They weren't paying any attention to me. I crawled silently off the boat onto the dock.
5: Mr. Dana, I should regret to have to kill you before we reach Shanghai. Come back in boat, please.
3: (laughs) Well, you can't blame a guy for
5: trying if you are wise, you will not try again.
3: We passed Nanking, turned off the Yangtze into the Yunho Canal. Chen never seemed to sleep. He watched me constantly. But as he and the other coolie maneuvered the sampan into Chow Creek on the Shanghai waterfront, I realized that I had one final chance. It was dusk. The creek was filled with a floating city, thousands of sampans each with their family washings flying aloft. They're their babies, their suppers, cooking. They're on either side of us, within scraping distance. And suddenly I leaped across the one on the left.
5: Mr. Taylor, stop!
3: He wouldn't dare shoot in such a crowded place. He couldn't hope to hit me, but he jumped across, and I was already on the next sampan, and jumping from sampan to sampan, I zigzagged my way to the bank and plunged into the crowded, filthy waterfront of Shanghai. I looked back once. I couldn't see Lieutenant Chen anywhere. I'd lost him. I took a deep breath... I felt free, safe in the crowd. And then I saw him. Not ten feet away, Captain Radigan, and with him two huge Mongolians.
0: Dana! Don't try to get away, Dana!
3: Come back! I moved fast, elbowing my way through the matted humanity, and ran down the bun like the devil himself was after me. And I finally stopped, out of breath, in a cluttered back alley. It was dark. Radigan was no place to be seen. Neither were the Mongolians. I was quite alone. Well, I had one friend in Shanghai. Vickers, the missionary, had given me his address. I found a rickshaw driver who knew where it was, and he took me there. It was one of those old Chinese dwellings with a high wall around it. I knocked at the gate, but nobody answered. I opened the gate, walked into the garden. Well, it's about time you showed up, Dana. Radigan. We've been waiting a long time for you. Radigan, what are you. Yeah. It took me a minute to recognize the smell of the cloth on my face chloroform.
6: How do you feel?
3: Huh? Oh, you again. Don't
6: try to get up, and don't yell. This is a hospital. You'll disturb the other patients. A
3: hospital? Why is it every time I come to you are there? What do you do, follow your patients around?
6: I'm sorry, Tony.
3: Yeah, sure, you sure. You were
6: going to see Vickers. We couldn't let you do that. Captain Radigan.
3: Yeah, Doctor.
6: Give me a hand, will you?
3: Oh, no, get away from me. Uh, hey, what are you going to... Now, oh. come on, Dana. I'm sitting oh, went... On your stomach. Oh, hey, let me go, let Just me... Just
6: relax, Tony. It's time for your bandage to come off. No, oh. Thanks a lot, Tony Dana.
3: That adhesive tape, you want to pull the skin off my back? What do you think I... What did you say?
6: I said thanks a lot. For carrying the Shanghai document through safely. The document? Mm Mm-hmm. It was on your back under the adhesive tape. I put it there back in Chongqing.
3: You did? Then Radigan... Radigan
6: and Lieutenant Chen and the soldiers who took you off the boat were all working under orders, protecting you. Yeah, well, I... I ran away from them. I thought that yeah,
3: they Yeah, you sure gave us a bum time. Well, what do you want me to do?
6: Apologize? Oh, Tony, Tony, please. We treated you badly, I know, but we couldn't let you go to Vickers. Vickers, the, the missionary? Anyone can wear his collar backwards. Vickers was the one who was after the document. We had to get you off the boat and away from him before he discovered that I didn't have it.
3: Oh, Vickers, huh? Mm-hmm. Tony, huh?
6: I hope you know you've done a great thing for China.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now that I've done so much for China, suppose you do something for me.
6: Well, anything.
3: Okay. Get dressed up. Let's go out in the town and have dinner. Oh,
6: Tony, we'd love it. We can meet you in an hour. We? My husband and I. Jerry.
3: Your? Your husband?
6: You'll love him, Tony. He's a wonderful guy. He's from Kansas, too.
2: This is the age of science, an age in which science has made vast strides in medicine, in nuclear energy, and in the field of petroleum chemistry. For example, petroleum chemists have discovered new super-octane gasoline components of great importance to every motorist. And one of the highest octane components ever discovered is xylene. Now listen to this. Today, every gallon of Richfield gasoline contains xylene. The xylene component of Richfield gasoline helps give your car that high antinoch performance, that extra zip in traffic, that velvet smoothness under the hood. Try Richfield gasoline with xylene. Take your choice of Richfield high octane at regular price for the average motor or Richfield ethyl for best results in the highest compression motors. Stop where you see the Richfield eagle on the cream and blue pumps. Get Richfield gasoline containing xylene tomorrow. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson and has tonight presented Shanghai Document by John and Gwen Bagney. Featured in the cast were John Daner as Tony, Joan Banks as Dr. Jane Roma, Ben Wright as Vickers and the Eurasian, Bill Conrad as Rattigan, Benson Fong as Lieutenant Chen, Charles Lung as the officer, and Paul Fries as the voice of Escape. Special music was arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Next week...
1: You were on a small launch off the California coast, about to dive 20 feet below the surface to reach a man's body and to recover an object identifying his murderer, who's standing at your side and from whom there is no escape.
2: Next week, at the same time, the Richfield Oil Corporation of New York invites you to escape with the story of a man who stumbled onto what seemed the easiest way in the world to make a million dollars. As H.V. Dixon tells it in his exciting new book, Something for Nothing. Be listening. Goodbye, then, until the same time next week when, once again, we offer you... Escape. Tom Hanlon speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue.
8: Taylor, come here a minute.
9: How close can I get? I've been sitting on the arm of your chair. You've been using my hip pocket for an ashtray.
8: Look at this. Here in the newspaper.
9: Yeah, I've been looking at it. He's a dog. Out of a field of 50 contestants, Herman Hackenschmidt was today crowned Mr. Teaneck, New Jersey. Gee, what pretty teeth.
8: Well, not the pinup boy, this item. The one about the guy who inherited $100,000 from his Uncle Jerome.
9: Hmm, 100000 What would you do if you had all that money, Slate?
8: Oh, I got it all planned. i take it to a bank, change it into small bills, then run through it barefooted.
9: i do a nice barefoot poker on $5 bills, Slate. Am I invited?
8: On the one dollar bill, Sailor. I wouldn't want you to. Hold that pose, you two. It belongs in the winner's circle.
9: Well, look, Slate. It's the tiny man with a king-sized baritone. How's the jockey dodge, Mickey?
4: Can't complain, Philly. At Oriental Park, they're betting me and not the quadrupeds. I own Havana. That's a big package for a little man like you, Mickey. Can you hear me? Okay, you two. My voice has got so far to go from down here for me to up there to you.
9: Well, We'll listen close. What's on your mind?
4: I want you to... I said do me a favor, huh? About the key.
8: Why didn't I think of it myself, about the key? What key, Mickey?
4: Maybe I ain't talking loud enough, huh? The key for the locker at the Havana bus terminal. Now we know, sailor, the key for that locker, huh? I got a parcel checked there. I ain't got time to run down for it now.
9: Oh, it begins to dawn, Slate.
4: So if I ain't back in a couple of days, you take care of it for me. You take it, Slate, and don't lose it.
8: I'll put it on my key ring. By the way, what's in the parcel?
4: Just some frayed riding silks, Slate. I'm so fond of them. If someone tried to take them away from me, I'd kill them. Kill them where it hurts.
8: Yeah. Where's a man going to get frayed riding silks these days?
4: A happy day to you both. You don't know how much you did for me. (laughs)
7: Millie?
10: How's old Red?
7: Come on in. You gonna stay long enough to sit down?
10: Can't do it, honey.
7: What about that jockey Mickey?
10: Oh, look, Red, I, I've been chasing him all over town. He throws a look over his shoulder and runs.
7: How fast can he run with a hundred grand on him?
10: Big kid are you.
7: You've got to get that money, baby.
10: Jockey went into a place called Shannon's. He talked with a man for a long time. Buddy kind of talk. And then cagey him. Did
7: you get close enough to hear? No.
10: Oh. And? So I paraded so this man the jockey was talking to could see me. Got so, I owned a corner of his eye. He'll remember me when he sees me again. He'll like me.
7: Be gentle with him, Millie.
10: Depends upon his mood.
7: Gentle. If this guy knows anything about the hundred thousand, he might just wind up where the cats can look at him. So be nice. Pity him.
10: I'll see when I get there.
9: Look, Slate, why don't we just pick up Nicky's package and bring it home? Paying rental on it wasn't part of the agreement. Well,
8: you heard what the little fellow said. Kill anyone who takes take his silk pants away from him. We'll leave him at the bus terminal. That way we can frolic without a care.
9: Sure. What's 20 centavos a day to a big man like you? Oh,
8: for four nickels a day, I stay alive. At the current rate, that's cheap. Besides, walking the so Havana streets this, is... it
10: makes me hate myself. Hi,
8: Shannon. Huh? Oh, Hi. I remember you from somewhere, stranger. Let's see, uh, you were straightening a seam in front of my place yesterday. Yeah, same seam. Finally got it straight, huh?
10: That's not why I hate myself. It's just that I'm such an honest girl. I don't have the price of a dream, and I'm honest. Here, you dropped this. What? This hundred-dollar bill, you dropped it. All you have to do, Shannon Boy, is believe you dropped that money and listen. You see how easy it is? A hundred dollars and no pain.
9: For a hundred bucks, you can throw in a little pain. Who does he have to listen to? It's written on the bill. Red wants to see you, Shannon.
8: Red, huh? You got a sister?
9: There's only
10: one of me, Shannon. Red says it's easier for him to talk to people who have money. He says they listen better that way.
8: I'm a sucker for psychology, Millie. Let's go and let Red whisper in my ear.
10: Now without me you don't.
8: Without you, sailor.
10: And without me, Shannon. You earn your dough in a lonesome way. That's how it is.
8: Yeah. Bye, girls. Made me a happy fellow, the both of you.
7: Hello. If your name's Shannon, you come right in.
8: Thanks. Who's he?
7: Can't miss him, can you? He's that big. Tell him your name, cabby. Juan de Casco Cabrio, my name. He wouldn't tell you, only I told him to. That right, cabby?
8: What do you say, señor? You're going to give me some more money, redhead?
7: Say, you noticed it, huh? My hair, red.
8: But look, look right here, I'm losing it. It worries me. What are you buying, red?
7: Talk. I'm buying words, like an editor.
8: <laughs> editor. I know what he's is, Buys words. Oh, he's a clever one.
7: Just chock full of IQs.
8: Only not so smart
7: as a jockey named Mickey Brennan. Shannon, baby. Mickey talked to you. What'd he say?
8: Well, let's see if I can remember. Oh, yeah. It was about horses, withers and quarters, hind and fore, teeth, age of, you know. You gonna give me another hundred for that?
7: You go to the movies, Shannon?
8: Not another hundred, huh? Oh, I'm real disappointed, Red.
7: In the movies, they point guns. Like this. Think I did that good, Cabby? Ah, bueno, bueno. Good. Like in movies. Just like. Fine. I got time. Time, patience. Let's do it all over, Shannon. what did jock tell you? I gotta find out for a fella.
8: Mickey said Rover Boy in the 5th was a dog. Gabby. Si. Hey. Señor, do not struggle with Cabrillo. Please, do not. Ugh.
7: You know the language better than that, Shannon. What did Mickey say? No.
8: Show him the second reel. Put down that gun and I... No more movies, Senor Ed. Yeah,
7: not much fun either. The hero had a glass jaw.
9: If a girl walked up to you and gave you a hundred dollar bill she said you dropped, what would you do? (laughs) What would I do? I'd say, (laughs) King Moses, boy, don't cry, don't frown. Miss Santa Claus, she come to town. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. What is it with men, King?
4: As it has always been, the money whispers.
9: In my day, a girl could catch a fellow's eye by dropping her handkerchief. But a C-note under his nose... Oh, it's a tired world. Mr. Slate will come back to you, Lady Saylor. He has been gone often longer than this. He will
4: come,
7: touch the hurt from your mouth, and... Hurt? Did I hear somebody say hurt? Pretty word.
9: Yeah, you did. People hear words like that when they don't knock.
8: Uh, she's a cutie, ain't she, Cabby? As you say, Signor Red, a cutie, anormosa.
9: Red, you must be the redhead Slate when calling on. You boys have fun?
7: It was crummy. A crummy time was had by all.
9: Where's Slate?
7: Me first, cutie. I ask things first. You had a caller the other day, Mickey Brennan. What pearls dripped from Mickey Brennan's mouth?
9: We talked about horses. Let's see. Forelocks, fetlocks.
7: You and Shannon ought to be invoidable, cutie. You got the same routines. Now I ask you with my hand on your tender arm. No answer breaks it.
0: Leave her alone, you. Take your hand from her.
7: Get his hands off me, Cabby. They're rough to the touch. he here, Red. Come away, little boy. This is for grown-ups. Let go. Let go Don't choke him to death, Cabby. Leave him some breath to live on. Well, cutie?
9: That's what you did to Slate, huh? Paid him a hundred bucks so you could sick Cabby on him and watch.
7: What's the matter, cutie? Are you jealous? Don't be jealous. I might tell Cabby to let it happen to you. <laughs>
8: Out, head. Come on, come on. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. That's nice. Senor, you are awake, senor? What? Huh? I did not mean to disturb your sleep, senor, but Cabi likes to practice on the drum in his room. Oh, then it wasn't my head. Oh, no, senor. It was Cabi on the bongo. One day in regular orchestra play. You see, maybe even four pieces. Uh, help me up. Oh, see, si, see. Si. Come on, come on. Do you see him in the corner, senor? Mickey. Mickey Brennan. He's dead, senor. He's dead. Uh, bullet holes where they used to be polka dots. Okay, Cabby, where am I? Where is this place? Cabby's room, as I have explained. In Hotel Cavallo. Cavallo, where the bookies meet the jockeys by the sea. Red told you to keep me here, huh? If you would try to walk through that door, I would beat you very badly. Only this time no one's holding a gun on me. No matter. I would beat you. Oh, uh, senor, I almost forget. Senor Red said to give you that which is yours. A wallet, key ring, little black book. So, If I'm found as a corpse, the police will know who should grieve for me. Thanks. And there's one hundred dollar bill that is yours. A hundred dollars? Senor Red said it was yours. You said a hundred dollars like it hurt you. Oh, mucho dinero. A lot of money. Nice things. Silk things to buy. Here. You can hold it a little while longer. Now, go ahead, cabby. Touch it. Feel it. Go ahead. Senora. See, sí, see, sí. yeah. Feel this too. Beat you, beat you. Try this one on your bongo.
0: Uh,
8: get up, cabby. I got a real tricky rhythm I can show you. See? Hey, I cannot. See, I try. I cannot my head. Oh, what a shame about your head. See you later, cabby. But you cannot go. your Red said to keep you here. He will be angry.
4: Kill you. Kill you.
0: Adventure, our stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, and the second act of our story.
9: I tell you, I'm not hurt, Slate. King Moses was the one who had the bad time.
4: I hurt you, King? It feel like I have long, thin neck, where once I had short, broad one. You'd better go goggle again, King. In a little while, I wish now to look at you and enjoy the fact that you have not been harmed.
8: You don't know how lucky you are, sailor. That big guy could have broken you in half.
9: You know, it's a funny thing. The way Cabby looked at me, gently, like he was sorry for me. I almost had the feeling that if Red had told him to hurt me, he wouldn't have done it.
8: Oh, you're just a big dimple on the cheek of Havana, sailor. Children stop at play when they hear your name. From age 16 on up, Miss Sailor.
9: (laughs) Oh, fellas.
8: And you convinced him you didn't know anything about Mickey, huh? Well, look who's coming, the police.
9: They must have found Mickey dead. What are you going to tell them?
8: King will tell him He'll goggle it at him. Let's hit the back alley, sailor.
9: I think you're out of your mind, Slade, coming here to the bus depot. It's the first place the police would look for you.
8: Sure, it's the first place they'd look for a common criminal, but I've taken great pains to build up a reputation in Havana. The way I figure
9: it... Give th- me a nickel. What? Five cents. I want to buy a paper to see if they spelled your name right. Thanks. Hey, look at this slate.
8: How do you like that? They picked up Cabrillo when they found Mickey, and Cabrillo implicated me. I guess I was right not waiting for cop talk.
9: But you're right in wanting to get Mickey's riding silks out of the locker, huh? A jockey's uniform in a locker. That's the greatest clue of all time.
8: (laughs) Sherlock would drool at them out. I've got the key. Come on. Uh, Let's see. Here it is. Number 68. Now, let's see what's so important. Are they peeping at you too, sailor?
9: Holy... All that money. Tens, twenties, fifties.
8: Stop sniffing them, sailor. You'll tear them. Let's get these beauties out of sight.
9: Any great ideas now, Slate?
8: Yeah. Listen to me. You told me Cabby looked at you like he liked you, didn't he?
9: I've seen the look before. Get
8: into that jail and talk to him. Find out what this is all about. Give the look back to him. Do something. Make him tell you now what he knows.
9: All right. What are you going to do?
8: Something that's just got to be done. I'll pick you up in front of the main monument. Well, don't just stand there, sailor. Your date's waiting for you in jail.
9: Downright sweet of you, God, to let me see my little old cabrio and his little old cell. I'll cherish the memory always. Don't bang a jail door on me, Chico. I'm a taxpayer.
8: Reason doors do not close with polite, Senorita.
9: Hi, cabbie.
8: When is this, Senorita?
9: You don't even sound surprised to see me.
8: Oh, I am, Senorita. But I do not know the words to express it. Uh, I am very ignorant. On you, it's attractive. Oh, you say that because I sit in the shadow. You cannot see my face. The hands that almost did hurt you.
9: Forget it, cabby. The fellow has to make his way in the world somehow.
8: That is exactly how Senor Red talked to me.
9: Where is your buddy, pal? Why isn't he here holding your hand like a chum?
8: Oh, he could not do that, Senorita. He took a powder, he and Senorita Millie. They take a nice powder together, those two.
9: And left you holding a great big bag with a dead jockey in it.
8: See, si, see, si, but they gave me company, you're Shannon. So I would not be lonely with the bag all to myself.
9: Slate and I could be your friends, Cabby. All you'd have to do is tell us what this is all about. That way you could go free.
8: I tell you nothing. Señor Red say to tell nobody nothing, Cabby.
9: You could practice your bongo. Maybe even play with a four-piece outfit. Slate told me how talented you were.
8: Aye, talented. Four pieces. No. Senor Red say no. I say no.
9: You know how I got in to see you, Cabby? I told them I was your girl. To see me? You say such a thing? I'll be your girl, Cabrio. I'll come every night and listen to you on the bongo.
8: You say you my girl? Much money has been stolen by the jockey and Senor Red wanted for a man. What man? I don't know what man... Go as Joe Nevada, shooting gallery at Avenida Marquis. Ask him what, man. Now go, senorita. Before I beat you till you, forget what I tell you.
9: Cops, murders, stolen money. A girl really lives the full rich life with you, doesn't she, Slate?
8: Girls live how they want to live because they're made of sugar and spice girl told me that once.
9: You never told me about that one. You.
8: Quiet, sailor. Can't you see Mr. Nevada is concentrating? Three bullseyes. Nice shooting, Nevada. Glad it excited you. Lay down a quarter and you can pop off, too. Still making book in the back of Havana's grocery slips, Nevada? That's your answer? That means yes, huh? That means if you ain't got the price of admission, go away, kid. Mickey Brennan stole things from people. Maybe you can tell me who, Nevada. That one excite you, Shannon?
9: It sent quivers up his spine.
8: Sure did. Know a fellow named Red Nevada? Where's a fellow named Cabby on his sleeve? Look,
4: kid, I could turn this 22 away from the ducks and make you ring a bell that'll call people to prayer.
9: Yeah.
8: Let's go, sailor.
9: Where to now, Slate?
8: There's only one place left. The Hotel Cavalla. For a guy shot a jockey dead and then beat his funeral march on my head.
7: Don't hit me. Don't hit me, senor.
8: I am trying to explain. All you've said so far is that you were the new clerk here at the Cavallo. You're not doing real good on your job, Chico.
9: Ask him again about the safe slate. Why such a big new one for such a small flea bag? You
8: heard it, Chico. I was here a while ago, and there was a small safe over there. What happened to it?
7: Yesterday, the tenants of the Cavallo opened the old one, and it gave back only a cold stare. What tenant? Those who live here, the bookies. Such a safe is much safer than a bank.
9: Don't you see, Slate? Bookies. They keep their money in this hotel safe. Think we've got enough, Slate?
8: Sure. Come on. And the way it looks, our jockey is a thief. Little Mickey heisted. He
7: sure you did, Shannon. Now
8: just keep walking. Or the redhead's gonna blast you all over the pavement.
9: How does it feel to kill a jockey, Red?
7: A good feeling. I like it. Open the door. There's somebody here I want you to meet again. Millie, look what I brought you.
10: Wow. Slate Shannon. Mind if I blush with joy? You can still think of a reason to blush, Millie. Such nasty words for a girl who's almost dead.
8: You two have got one more chance. The hundred grand, where is it? I want to tell you something that'll worry you, Red. You had that money and you didn't know it.
10: What's he saying, Red? Tell
8: us, Shannon. When you had me worked over, you should have taken a look at my key ring. One of the keys was for a locker. Locker, money.
10: Red, how does a man get as stupid as you? A hundred thousand dollars like that. You had it in your fingers and you let it dribble through him.
9: Millie, you crazy? You got out of your mind? Billy, put away that gun! Millie, don't you dare do what he says.
10: Turn around, Red. I said turn around. This is for now.
8: Uh, you see, sailor, why I never turn my back on a girl...
9: As pistol whippers go, I think Millie did that quite well. Give me the
10: key, Slate.
8: All right, take it easy.
10: Give it to me. Mickey Brennan's dead because he stole that money. It's got
9: to get back to me.
8: Well, what about the guy it belongs to?
9: Forget about that. Give.
4: <gasps> you going to forget about me, Millie?
9: Hi, Nevada. Who's taking care of the shooting gallery?
4: Ducks are tired of being shot at. I put them to pond. Millie, are
8: you going to forget about me?
10: Look, Shannon's got the key. He he knows where the money is. Why
8: is Red lying on the floor? Is he tired? Millie made him tired with a butt end of a forty-five.
9: Ooh, what a tattletale.
4: You wanted that dough for yourself, Millie.
8: No,
9: you've got to listen to me. Sure,
4: sure, I will. Throw your gun away, Millie. On the floor. Throw it away. (gasps) The
8: dead girl said you had a key, Shannon. Let's go use it. To find a hundred grand. You know, I'm glad it's late. Not many people in the bus station. That's good. People ought to go to bed early, keeps them out of trouble.
9: Mind if I ask you something? My pleasure. Why didn't you just kill us and take the key?
8: Why do you trouble the man with such stupid questions? The man has to make sure the money is where we say it is. Shrewd. You sparkle, Shannon. Locker 68. You know what you're saying? That's right. Here's the key. Open it. Open it, Shannon, or this gun in my pocket will go off. Ruin my suit and you. It's all yours. A hundred thousand bucks. Let me look it. It's empty. Duck sailor. You ruined your suit coat, kid. I'll kill you where's that money? You may never know.
9: I hate to interrupt your a moment of glory, Slate, but now may I ask you a question?
8: Sure. What?
9: Where is that money?
8: Oh, did I forget to tell you? I took it back to the hotel. It's on my office floor, spread out.
9: Oh, you didn't wait for me.
8: Still there until the cops call for it. Let's go home and take off our shoes, sailor.
9: Slate.
4: Uh Uh-huh?
9: Did you see this? The front page of tonight's paper.
8: Well, Slate Shannon's picture on the front page. I don't like that picture, though.
9: That's the one I gave to the papers. I like it. What's the matter with it?
8: I got better pictures than that. This one's in a turtleneck sweater you knitted for me. You can hardly see my face.
9: Of course you can see your face. See? That's your face.
8: Why didn't you give them the one of me on the surfboard with the two girls on my shoulder?
9: Then who'd look at your face?
8: Come here, sailor. I don't know what I'd do with that. Why didn't you send that portrait of me in the yachting cap and the pipe and the far away look in my eyes?
9: you mean the one you sent to the Lonely Hearts Club? I didn't. Did you send him that picture? Yeah, I came back with a rejection slip. Come here, reject.
0: That's going to do it for the Relic Radio Show this week. There's more old-time radio every day at relicradio.com. Alongside more from Bold Venture, Escape, past episodes of this podcast, and all the others, and our shoutcast stream. Lots to listen to there. Thank you to everyone who has supported this and all of the Relic Radio shows. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. It's the only way all of this continues. Thank you, as always, to those who have. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another episode
4: of the Relic Radio show.